0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Futurecast season three. I am your host, Cody Carpenter. You can find me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL. It's a big week in college football. It's a big week in the NFL draft, industrial complex, decisions, decisions. have That's like the, the big conversation right now is transfer portal, NFL draft. Obviously, the college football playoff was selected over the last weekend. We have our four teams in. It is Georgia, it is Ohio State, it is Michigan, it is TCU, and their respective games. And we'll have bowl games over the course of the next two to three weeks. But today, we're going to be talking about a few main things, and that is the transfer portal, because the transfer portal 45-day window just opened up yesterday, Monday, December 5th, and it is open for 45 days. And this is a, if you know, you know, if you know, you don't. 45 days between December 5th and January 18th, the transfer portal will be open. And there is a one time, uh, every, everybody has an ability to transfer one time. That's a, that's a clause that they have in, in college football now. So you have 45 days, and we had a monstrosity of players enter the transfer portal on Monday and Tuesday. It is Tuesday now, as we're talking about 11 o'clock in the morning. So if anything happens between now and the time you're listening, I will not have talked about it. The transfer portal is changing college football. It's clear. That's known. The ability to just pick up and leave almost like a coach. It's December. It's not like it's the summer. And I think that's not, I think that is one of the big things that is drawing the transfer portal to being so intriguing is that now that the season's over in quotations for most teams, outside of like the big four, right? The big four that are in the national championship conversation Those other teams have a head start, so we've already seen Deion Sanders leave Jackson State and take the Colorado job. Now, the interesting thing is, and I just tweeted this out, is that Deion Sanders, what he has done, we have never seen and we will never see probably again because there's not a generational player that has the tenacity the wherewithal the care to do exactly what dion's doing which is go to a, a, a lesser known school build it up over two years and then transfer and then transfer and then go to a new job that's that's a power five and have the moxie and the energy and the coaching ability to bring players with him and to elevate others and i think what he's doing and what he's done has been phenomenal shadour sanders his son it plays quarterback he's played quarterback for two years at jackson state and shadour by a lot of NFL analysts, a lot of NFL draft analysts was always looked at as he's not going to be an NFL quarterback. And be- the only reason he was getting any, any, any pump was because he was Dion's son. Now, two years later from Jackson State where he dominates, goes undefeated this year, wins the SWAC again. Now you're transferring to Colorado and he's progressing. It's not like, hey, he's going to play four years at Jackson State and we're going to expect him to go to the NFL. It's two years at Jackson State, a year or two at Colorado, and then we'll talk about the NFL. It's a very smart, articulate way of going through the process for Shadur and from Dion. Dion could be at Colorado for two years as well. He could just be there for two years, and then he could go on his merry way. I think the long goal was always to get to Florida State, but Mark, Mike Norvell has done a, a great job at Florida State this year turning that school completely around where Florida State everyone thought was dead and they got hot towards the end of the season but I think that was where Dion wanted to go initially and they wouldn't hire him similar to why Jeff Saturday got all the flack right Jeff Saturday didn't have much coaching experience Dion didn't have any coaching experience Florida State wasn't just going to hire him they were going to catch a lot of flack for that so he goes to Jackson State now he's at Colorado he turns Colorado around in one or two or three years Look for that Florida State job or something like that to become available. Something in the SEC even would be something that probably would draw him down there as well. But outside of that, I think Colorado is going to be a big conversation with all of the transfer portal conversations. Let's talk about the 2023 NFL Draft and the transfer portal. But first, got to give a shout-out to our sponsor. You go to SleeperFantasy.com, use the promo code Underworld to get a deposit match up to $100. They have games on Sleeper. The fantasy season is almost over. You should be joining Sleeper right now, playing weekly games, playing weekly squads, and transferring your dynasty teams over to Sleeper for the remainder of their eternity. Now, NFL Draft and Transfer Portal conversation. We have lost a handful of players in the 2023 NFL Draft. Coming into the season, we had guys like KJ Jefferson, He's my quarterback for entering the season after Levis, Young, and Stroud. He goes back to Arkansas. He has two years left. He's a senior year and a COVID year. The COVID eligibility is really what is torching this entire situation for a lot of these players. A number of players are going back. Jordan Travis going back to Florida State. He wasn't really a high-end NFL prospect. John Rice Plumley was a, a lesser-known but Thought of as a potentially a mid round NFL draft pick. Keyshawn Butte. I just finished the first iterations of our rookie rankings for 2023. And Keyshawn Butte is continued to be wide receiver one on a fantasy NFL perspective. And Keyshawn Butte has returned to LSU. He's got three years completed. He's going back for a senior year at LSU. That's a big, it's a big hit. It's a it's it's a it's a literal top of the mountain, one of the best prospects in this class when you're looking at lifetime values, taking out that 145-point player right there, bang, right at the top. That's a big, that's a big chess piece that falls down now. KJ Jefferson, like I said before, Tyler Van Dyke did not have the season he expected to have at Miami. Those are just quarterbacks. When you're looking at other positions like running back, wide receiver, tight end, Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell was a tight end. That This tight end class is okay. This tight end class is not Tier 1. We have Michael Meyer, who is garnering a lot of different perspectives and opinions on whether he is the next Hawkinson, on whether he is the next uh, superstar tight end. The, the, the answer is no, right? He's not going to run in the 4.60s. he's not going to run the 45s. He's not going to have that next level speed. But Michael Meyer is a good tight end, T- Pat Friermuth-esque. Our number 2 tight end was Jaheem Bell. H-back, Jalen Smith type. Played a lot of running back at South Carolina because of the athlete he is. 6'3, 245, great route runner. He plays tight end like a wide receiver. And he goes and he's transferring from South Carolina, which is Also, a confusing thing to me because Shane Beamer, what he's done to this program at South Carolina. Also, Austin Stogan, the other tight end at South Carolina, also transferring. But Jaheim Bell transferring instead of going to the NFL is a big red flag for me. Uh, I get the tight end position, maybe you want to grow a little bit. But he has shown everything that he can possibly show to NFL scouts, in my opinion. The, the the surprise decision to come out and go to the NFL draft was Anthony Richardson. So we lose K.J. Jefferson, we lose Butte at wide receiver, so we lose quarterback four, we lose wide receiver one, and we lose tight end two. And we gain Anthony Richardson. This is going to be one of the biggest conversations over the course of the next four or five months, leading into the NFL draft, leading into your rookie dynasty drafts. Anthony Richardson is a special, special athlete. Four-four speed, two hundred and thirty pounds, amazing contact balance, but he has struggled in the passing game. Anthony Richardson is not Cam Newton. Anthony Richardson is not Colin Kaepernick. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's one of one from a legs standpoint. He, he he's. He's closer to Lamar Jackson from the leg standpoint. But for his arm talent, it needed another year. That's the easiest way to put it. He grew up in Gainesville. He went to Gainesville. He went to Florida. And there's a lot of question marks whether he would transfer because Florida seemed to – to it just, it just seemed like it wasn't working this year. But it was a big deal. It was a big deal that he comes out this year. I, I fully – I don't hate him as a prospect. I just hate the process at which he's entering the NFL. He played 12 games this year. He had a 53% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, and 9 picks. But everyone's going to point to the big plays. He had 103 carries, 650 rushing yards, and 9 touchdowns. Nothing is phenomenal on paper for Anthony Richardson. Florida didn't win too many games. Like Even Cam Newton, when he played for Auburn, he took him to the national championship. It was a one-man band. Even if Anthony Richardson was that level of talent, and he was the one-man band, he would be. He would have finished better than six and six at the University of Florida. It's going to be a tough diagnosis over the next four months, like I said, for Anthony Richardson in the NFL perspective because it's complete. It's a. We talk about Will Levis being a projection and the arm talent and the upside. Anthony Richardson is the. Will Levis' projection times three. It's going to be that much more difficult. Will Levis, we at least have seen the arm talent. We have seen the arm strength. We have seen the consistencies and inconsistencies where Anthony Richardson, from a passing perspective, it's just been inconsistencies all over the board. DJ Ugulele-esque. That's how bad his passing game has been. Rushing side, rushing upside, obviously, what everyone has seen from Justin Fields, what everyone seen from Lamar, it's good. They're going to push him up, push him up, push him up, push him up, push him up. But he's not going to be a top three quarterback in this class from a pure NFL perspective. I have him ahead of Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker's coming off an ACL tear, and he's 25 years old. I'm not high on C.J. Stroud. He's my, my quarterback three currently. But I would still prefer C.J. Stroud to Anthony Richardson if I was starting an NFL franchise today. Because CJ Stroud is a great diagnoser, he's a winner, and he's an NFL quarterback, a la Teddy Bridgewater. That is my comp for CJ Stroud. That's been my comp since August for for CJ Stroud is Teddy Bridgewater. And a lot of people are going to take that as flack, but y'all remember Louisville, Teddy Bridgewater. CJ Stroud is Ohio State Teddy Bridgewater. That's what he is, okay? That's not a bad thing at all. But it's not Dan Marino, so people are going to cry about it. It's the way it is. I'm very deflated by players that are returning to school. The KJ Jeff, like I said, KJ Jefferson, the Keshawn Butte, Michael Penix is returning. He's been there for five years. You're going back to Washington with with Kellen DeBoer. That'll be awesome. But Jaheim Bell, Jaheem Bell's a brutal one that I didn't expect. So what this does moving into the transfer portal, the transfer portal has had nearly 1,100 players, quarterback, running back, and receiver and tight end. Those four positions alone, there's been almost 1,100 players enter the transfer portal for this term, this 45-day term. There is not 1,100 spots in college football available. I'm going to read through some of the quarterbacks and the running backs, the receivers and tight ends that are entered in the transfer portal currently and maybe some upsides or downsides of what that means. DJ how however you pronounce it, Ungalele. no disrespect. Five-star prospect, goes to Clemson. He was supposed to be the next big thing for Clemson after Trevor Lawrence. DJ struggled mightily. He had a few nice games this year where he, took, he really did take the next step. He took the next step, but he didn't take an ultra next step up and become you know a, 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 com- a, a real conversation in the NFL draft perspective. 55% completion percentage in 2021. He got back to 61% in 2022. But in 2020, that was the year where everyone's like, ooh, DJ could be a number one pick in 2022. And DJ had 66%, five touchdowns, no picks quarterback rating of 146 this year he got back up to 62 percent completions 22 touchdowns seven picks but he was benched in the ACC championship in favor of Cade Klubnik the the freshman quarterback at Clemson Cade is the next Trevor Lawrence in this situation here DJ answers the transfer transfer portal we'll see where he ends up he feels like a guy that would end up at like Pitt or something like that but Pitt Keaton Slovis is another one Keaton Slovis who entered the portal last year, now entered the portal again. Phil Djokovic from Boston College entered the entered the transfer portal. He's a fifth-year senior. <clears throat> He'll be headed to Pitt. So DJ's open. Nick Evers, a freshman from Oklahoma. Obviously, that whole situation in Oklahoma was what it was this year. It, it, it Oklahoma hasn't had a tough year like they did in 2022 with Brett Venables. They went 6-6. Six and six. They haven't had a year like this in quite some time. And so Nick Evers being a guy coming in here, playing behind Dylan Gabriel, I can understand how he just wants to flip and get out. He's got the, he's got all of his years. Of, he's got four years of eligibility left. He's going to go look. He might be the most sought-after long-term play in the transfer world right now. Jeff Sims, the other guy, the quarterback out of Georgia Tech. Jeff Sims is a specimen of a quarterback. Even Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech 6'3", 210, with a 58% career completion percentage, 30 touchdowns, 23 picks. He needs to go somewhere with a good quarterback coach that can teach him and progress him. Sims is stuck in this rut of playing Georgia Tech. It's not a quarterback-friendly school in the entire situation. Haynes King from Texas A&M is gone. Hudson Card, Quinn Ewers backup quarterback. That was the competition earlier this year. It was Hudson Card versus Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card joins the transfer portal as well. And the other one was Cade McNamara, the guy who split duties early this season with J.J. McCarthy. He entered the transfer portal just last week, and now he is officially committed to go to Iowa in 2023, so he's staying in the Big Ten. The other one uh, that was of note was Shadur Sanders, obviously goes with Deion to Colorado. So Brendan Lewis, Colorado's quarterback, enters the transfer portal as well. Going on to running back is boring. I mean, there's not really a lot here. Trey Sanders, running back, five-star out of Alabama. Trey Sanders immediately enters the transfer portal and then tweets at Deion Sanders. Hey, Unk, you got a spot for me? He's been in Alabama for three years. This is the next Brian Robinson, right? He's been there for three years. He's got 500 yards and three touchdowns, nine receptions. He's a plotter of a running back, but he's a five-star prospect. Lorenzo Lingard, the other five-star running back in the transfer portal right now, is leaving Florida. He left Miami a couple years ago. Now he's leaving Florida He's been there for five years. He's a five-star prospect in 2018. Just some guys that kind of just, like, flooded out. Thaddeus Franklin's an interesting one out of Miami. He's a second-year sophomore out of Miami. He's transferring away. Miami's got a bevy of running backs right now. The big one, I would say, is LJ Johnson from Texas A&M. Texas A&M struggled this year. LJ Johnson, freshman, 10 carries, 39 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's going to land on his feet. He's a second-year freshman. I like LJ Johnson. I think LJ Johnson is going to be the running back to go get right now in the transfer portal. Again, there's just so many guys that entered that shouldn't. Like the, it's tough. It's tough, right? It's tough when when your situation is situational and you and you don't like where you're at. You don't like what you're doing. But I think the problem is is we're becoming too okay with it. We're we're becoming too okay with these guys leaving schools. Wide receiver, Demon Dimas from Texas A&M had his run-ins with the school. Obviously, they had their own situations. Theo Weiss from Oklahoma, fourth-year junior. Christian Leary from Alabama. Alabama lost a couple of players. TreShaun Holden also entered the transfer portal as well over the last few few days. Iowa lost two pass catchers. Oregon lost two pass catchers. Auburn lost two pass, three pass catchers from Auburn. It's 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 Dakota's Crawford the. Well-known by his name, freshman wide receiver from Nebraska has entered the transfer portal as well as Mark Pope from Jackson State. So Mark Pope is likely the one that goes to Colorado with Shadur and Dion. But we're, we're we're in the infancy stage of this new age transfer portal. That's the way I'm going to put this. They've now enabled us to have a 45-day window with a one-time transfer rule that grants immediate eligibility and gives athletes the control over the desti- the destinations and and better protect them from coaches that are leaving. And I think this is 100% fair. But the problem with the NFL to college or the college to NFL, you know, NFL draft industrial complex as some would say, is that this is going to milk the talent away from the NFL and we're going to feel this wrath. It's it feels like it's going to be this year and next year where prospects that you would have pretty much known, hey, these guys are going to go to the NFL. Might not. Not only because of transfers, but also because of the NIL. We're starting to see NIL deals now in the second and third year of its iterations consistently hit the million-dollar marker, the two, three, four, five million-dollar marker. And how much is it worth to a college player that is borderline first round, maybe borderline second or third round, or for some guys like K.J. Jefferson, Tyler Van Dyke, Jordan Travis, guys that aren't first, second, and third round picks. They're going to be fourth, fifth, sixth. If they can get a million, two million in their schools in Miami. So, for for example, Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, quarterbacks at Miami. Quarterback at Miami, a school that is on the up. Mario Cristobal's there. There's a lot of money in Miami, obviously. Getting an NIL deal down there where you can catch a million, two million dollars, maybe it's more than what these guys will make in the NFL or in their careers. So I'm not blaming them. KJ Jefferson, for example, I think he just wants to go back to Arkansas and win, which is awesome. Keshawn Butte, for example, this is one of the best players in college football. Wore the number seven for LSU. LSU had a great season. Obviously, four big losses, but it was four losses to Bama, Tennessee, whatever, Georgia. Keishan Butte is going back to win. Keishan Butte is going back to put a 1,000-yard season up because he doesn't feel like he's, he's, he's done what he needed to do at LSU. I understand that, and I respect that 100%. Jaheem Bell, a guy that's transferring, I don't quite understand that one. But I think the NIL is what's going to milk some talent away from us in the NFL draft process. We'll have a couple more of these future cast shows over the course of the next month or two. Talking about the transfer portal, talking about transfers, talking about coaches, talking about the NFL draft. Let's talk a little bit about the college bowl season here in a couple weeks. But I wanted to come out today and just talk about the transfer portal, the NFL draft process, and anything else. If you have any comments, if you have a specific guest that you want to see on the show, I'm going to be bringing in a guest on some episodes over the course of the next three months during the draft season. Including bringing in all the friends of the underworld, the Ray Garvin, I'm going to have him on, Alex Dunlap, I'm going to have him on, all the friends of the underworld, we're going to have on to talk about the process. If you have any any specific school related scouts, any other NFL draft analysts that you want to have on, I will have people on. I'm going to be doing interviews through this entire draft process like you've never seen before from the future cast, from Player Profiler. Be sure to go over to playerprofiler.com and check out my latest NFL mock drafts at the top of the screen. Go to articles, NFL draft. NFL Mock Draft 1.0 came out on December 1st. You can go check that out on playerprofiler.com today. If you do play fantasy football, be sure to subscribe to Data Analysis, Dynasty Deluxe, the All-In Package, the DFS Dominator. Week 18 is the biggest week of DFS of the entire season, week 18. So that's still five weeks away. You can get the DFS Dominator right now on playerprofiler.com for $25 for the rest of the year. That's going to make its money back and some over the course of the next five weeks if you just dial in, tap in, and stay there for the next month. Again, that's playerprofile.com. Go to the DFS Dominion section under Fantasy Tools. Also, under the NFL Draft tab, check out that Mock Draft 1.0. Go over there and do it right now. I'm doing it right now. I'm pulling it up, and I'm reading you off my Mock Draft. Pick one, Houston Texans' Bryce Young. Pick two, Chicago Bears' Will Anderson. Pick three, Detroit Lions' Jalen Carter. And pick four, Seattle Seahawks' Brian Brisset from Clemson. If you want to see more NFL Draft talk, if you want to see more future cast conversations, you go to Twitter, follow me at Carpenter NFL or you can go to playerprofile.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and type in your email and subscribe to our newsletter. We have a newsletter coming out on Thursday, Cody's Corner on Friday, Underworld Weekly, and on Saturday, Dario's DFS Domination. You can also do that at playerprofile.com forward slash newsletter. Before I get out of here, though, I want to say one last thing. And I've talked about coaching, and I talked about Deion Sanders, and now I think what he's doing is changing the game in college football. But what I do want to say is, There's one coach that I haven't seen in coach of the year conversations that needs to be in coach of the year conversations. This man went 67 and three at the NAIA level at Sioux Falls, 49 and one in the conference. He won three national championships. He lost one national championship, lost in the semis in one of those years. He went to Fresno state, took a three and three team during the COVID year to nine and three in 2021, six and two in the conference. And in 2022, his first year at the University of Washington, he went 10 and 2, tied for second in the Pac 12. And they've received a birth to the Alamo Bulls. He's got an 89 and 11 career record through 100 games, 89 wins in 100 career college football coaching games in eight years. Kalen DeBoer is the college football coach of the year, and it's not even close. Give this man respect. Kalen DeBoer and the University of Washington are what's next. In college football, Michael Penix has returned to Washington for the 2023 season. And with USC on the outs in the Pac-12, Washington versus USC is going to be something to watch in 2023.